All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Uncompromised Podcast. Here we are on episode three today, a solo episode. I promise you I will be coming back soon with some interviews as well um, that we will also live stream uh, just like we are with this today. Um, If you're not following the live stream today, I want to welcome you to the show um, and uh, I want to thank you for subscribing. So um, please subscribe to the podcast, hit that like button uh, on whatever app you are following on. Uh, that way you get notifications on the latest episodes. So today I want to start by telling you where, where do I want to stand uncompromised as a business owner and entrepreneur today? Today I want to stand uncompromised by assuring you that I don't want to take the path that everyone else has followed. I want to stray from the that's the way we've always done it attitude. I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. I don't want to follow the herd. I don't want to follow the pack. I don't want to follow all the other sheeple and what they're doing out there. I want to be able to look at my business for what it is and figure out the best path to grow it that works for me and works for my customers. Now, this has been a, a, an ongoing journey that I've been trying to figure out, right? I mean, it's, it's a simple human nature that when we're trying to figure out how to do a thing in our business, how to grow it, how to, how to scale it, or even how to start it, wherever you are in your journey as an entrepreneur, we look around us and we look at what everyone else is doing in order to get an idea of what we should be doing. Okay. But what do you do when the tried and true strategies that once served your business really well are no longer effective, right? Maybe, you know, early on as you're getting started, you look at what everyone else is doing and that's a really great place to start a foundation and plant your feet and get things off the ground and, you know, get something working. But eventually those things that, you know, you followed other people may not work anymore. So what do we do in that case? How do we separate ourselves from the rest of the crowd, like I said, as I started the show, and differentiate your brand as you prospect new customers? How do you stand out? How do you, how do you capture and captivate people's attention? Uh, create an emotional response within them that makes them want to find out more about you. Because after all, business is relationship building. Right. And you've heard me talk about this maybe before. If you followed my old podcast, the Copper Newer Path podcast, there's 113 great episodes still that you can go check out there. Um, And you've probably heard me talk about before about this idea that uh, business is just relationships. Right. And in every relationship goes through the same cycles, curiosity, enlightenment, commitment. So we first have to figure out how do we peak curiosity? Okay. Um, So if you're in this rut, you're in the right place right now. And I want to talk about this with you. Now, this idea came to me 
um, here just a couple weeks ago. This is really a, a new thing. And that's why I'm excited to share it with you today. And it all started from an article that I stumbled across. I think I was scrolling through so social media and I don't even remember where it was, but I landed on a, uh, uh, a blog post on Tumblr and uh, it was talking about this guy who's a jewel thief, Bill Mason, or I should say was a jewel thief. He's a retired jewel thief now. Um, I think it was back in the 1940s. And um, this story really captivated my interest. But at the time I read it, I didn't have an application for it. I want to read this. It's a very short blog post. I want to read this to you real quick. It's a really awesome story. Okay. Um, the title of this post is If the Door's Locked, Try the Wall. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a link to this in uh, uh, um, the post um, either uh, on um, LinkedIn, YouTube, and on the podcast, podcast episode page um, when this goes out live on the podcast. Okay. I'll, I'll share the link to this post, this blog article. All right. In one of the most interesting moments in his memoir, jewelry thief Bill Mason sees that architecture can be made to do what he wants it to do. It's like watching a character in Star Wars learn to use the Force. In a lengthy scene at a hotel in Cleveland that Mason would ultimately hit more than once in his career, he explains that his intended prize was locked inside a room whose door was too closely guarded for him to slip through. Then he realizes the obvious. He has been thinking the way the hotel wanted him to think the way the architects had hoped he would behave, looking for doors and hallways when he could simply carve a new route where he wanted it. The ensuing realization delights him. Elated at the idea that I could cut my own door right where I needed one, he writes, Mason simply breaks into the hotel suite adjacent to the main office. There, he flings open the closet, pushes aside the hangers, and cuts his way from one room into the other using a drywall knife. In no time at all, he cuts his own door through to the manager's office where he takes whatever he wants, departing right back through the very door he made himself. It is an architectural surgery, pure and simple. Later, Mason actually mocks the idea that a person would remain reliant on doors, making fun of anyone who thinks burglars in particular would respect the limitations of architecture. Surely, if someone were to rob the place, he writes in all italics, barbed with sarcasm, they'd come in as a respectable people, as respectable people would, through the door provided for the purpose. Maybe that explains why people will have four heavy-duty locks on a solid oak door that's right next to a glass window. People seem to think they should lockpick or kick their way through solid doors rather than just take a $10 drywall knife and carve the whole new hallway into the world. Those people are mere slaves to architecture, spatial captives in a world someone else has designed for them. Something about this is almost unsettlingly brilliant, as if it is non-burglars who have been misusing the built environment this whole time, as if it is non-burglars who have been unwilling to question the world's most basic spatial assumptions, too scared to think past the tyranny of architecture's long-held behavioral expectations. To use architect Rem Koolhaas's phrase, we have been voluntarily prisoners of architecture all along, willingly coerced and browbeaten by its code of spatial conduct, accepting walls as walls and going only where the corridors will lead us. Because doors are often the sturdiest and most fortified parts of the wall in front of you, they are a distraction and a trap. By comparison, the wall itself is often more like tissue paper. 
just drywall and some two by four and some two by fours without a lock or a chain in sight. Like clouds, apartment walls are mostly air. Seen through a burglar's eyes, they aren't even there. Cut a hole one through one and you're in the next room in seconds. All right, guys. So I hope I hope you're having the aha moment that I had um, right now because I gave you the context of this article when I opened the show, which I didn't have at the time I read it. Now, I read this and thought that's an interesting story, but the context really settled in for me um, about a week ago or two. And I was on a call with my outbound marketing manager, Austin, right? So he does all of our prospecting for us. He goes out and finds us all the leads for our business, right? And helps make sure that we get the right client prospects coming in through the door that are interested in our services. And so I was having a conversation with him and we were trying to triage a particular problem and how to reach a very specific client, a very specific type of client that we wanted to reach that we were finding some difficulty in. And all of a sudden it dawned on me and this article came to mind. And I said to Austin, I said, we need a drywall knife. And he's like, what are you talking about, Adam? And I'm like, and I told him this story and I'm like, we need a drywall knife. We're trying to beat down this door that this solid Oak door that has 10 locks on it. Right. Um, we're taking the Avenue of approach that's expected of us. We're prisoners to the architecture. Like it says here, we're prisoners of what we've been expected to do. We're prisoners of what we see everyone else doing and thinking, well, if it's working for them, surely if I do that, it's going to work for me too. But the reality is it doesn't, it doesn't always work, right? And so I said, we need a drywall knife. What is the avenue of approach that everyone else is taking? Like, let's, let's identify that first, right? What is the door? What are the, what is the, the window that people are busting through? What is the expected approach? Because that approach is what people are used to, right? Our prospect that we're trying to reach, that's what they're used to. And so they become immune to it. They become immune to us reaching out in those methods. And therefore they're going to tune us out just like everybody else, because they think we're everybody else because we're taking, we're coming in through the same door. Right. And so I said, if we figure out where the other avenues of approach are, if we can find a drywall knife and cut our own door, then we captivate their attention. Then we set ourselves as different and unique in the marketplace. Then we create that curiosity and we can now start to build on that into enlightenment, right? Curiosity, enlightenment, and then commitment. And so I want to ask you, what is your drywall knife? Where do you need to find a drywall knife right now? Maybe it's not in prospecting at all. Maybe it's a totally different area of your business, but somewhere in your business, you're hitting a roadblock right now. You're beating your head or trying to, you know, you're breaking your foot, trying to kick down this door with 10 locks on it. And you're not feeling like you're getting anywhere. You're not seeing the success. So I want you to stop for a second and ask yourself, okay, I'm trying to beat down this door. Where can I use a drywall knife? Right? So going back to my example of prospecting, right? The typical avenue of approach is usually things like some form of cold email campaign or running social media ads, right? Or cold calling, right? I mean, there's, there's all kinds of different expected avenues of approach that people have become inoculated against. And when we come in through that door, they don't want anything to do with it. So stop and think maybe, okay, can I develop a, a, a partnership? 
is there a referral partnership that's mutually beneficial that I can that I can work on, right? So, for example, one of our our niches that we work in um, at, in my company at Height Digital, um, we like to work with with gyms, right? So it's one of our secondary niches, I would say. Um, our primary niche area is in public safety brands and private investigators, but we like working with gyms too. And uh, at one point in time, we developed a partnership. Uh, with two very well-known, very well-respected people in the gym industry that help other gym owners grow their businesses through coaching them on the big picture things in business and how to grow a successful gym membership. And uh, we developed a relationship. We actually did some marketing work for them. We did story brand messaging and built them a website and all these other things. And 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 they happen to have a program, a university where they coach, they have a private mastermind, a high ticket mastermind where they're coaching these gym owners all across the country. I mean, they're published authors, they're all over the news. And so I'm like, man, there's brand recognition, there's name recognition here. What if I could develop a partnership with them that would allow me in the door to their mastermind group and be able to create meaningful connections with their mastermind group attend attendees, their, their, their membership, maybe go speak, which I, which I've done, go coach and speak at their mastermind, um, offer a very special, unique, um, uh, offering to their, their members that's like, Hey, uh, you know, if you refer people to height digital, um, then we're not only going to give them a really great deal, but we're also going to give you a referral kickback. Right. So partnerships like that, because of that partnership, we've gained a lot of business in the gym world um, through them, just through that brand recognition. So maybe it's developing a partnership like that. Right. Maybe it's coming up with uh, a new avenue of approach. Right. So one of the things that we've done recently is, you know, um, that's different and unique is like we'll send a video audit of somebody's website that's just two minutes long and we send that to them via uh, Loom. Right. And we, we just and, and, and it stands out in their email inbox. It's very different than what they're used to seeing. Um, I mean, there, we could go on. Uh, there's lots and lots of different examples here, guys. But for the sake of time, I want you to just think critically about this. Where is your drywall knife? OK, so how do we start to seek inspiration on how to find those things? Well, I want to tell you first, if you are um, stuck in the day to day uh, 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 tactics of your business. I want you to go back and listen to the last episode, episode one of the uncompromised podcast, where I talk about that exact thing that you as a business owner, as an entrepreneur need to be focused on the strategy, not the tactics. Tactics need to be hired or outsourced. Okay. And when we're focused on strategy, that means that we're making time for ourselves to sit back, kick our feet up on the desk and be a visionary. Think about these things, have deep, thought, you know, maybe it's not kicking your feet up on the desk. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's, you know, running, maybe it's going and lifting weights, whatever it is for you. Um, I do want to close though, with a piece of scripture for you that I think speaks very deeply into this. And it's in James one, uh, starting in verse five, if any of you lack wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. But he must ask for wisdom and faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. Okay, so ask, right? Be prayerful. 
Um, I, I, I'm going to tell you that a lot of the times these types of things, these complex ideas, um, new ideas that nobody's done before, they come to me um, after, after prayerful contemplation. So that's my encouragement to you guys today. Um, find your drywall knife, figure out a new avenue of approach for your business. And uh, with that, I want to leave you guys and say, until next time, be uncompromised. Now, if you're watching on the live stream before you go, I want to ask you, please subscribe uh, wherever you're you're following me today um, so that you get notified next time I go live. And uh, please stay in tune again when we launch the Uncompromised podcast May 1st on all of the major podcast listening apps. That's it for today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you.